Okay, welcome to another night of late night cruising. I'm your host, Rick Easley. And with me and is... I am the star, Brian underscore Thickbear, available on OnlyFans, Just for Fans, to Venmo, to Instagram, to Twitter. Why don't you tell me your last name first? <laughs> Bitch, it's Brian underscore Thickbear. That's how I make that money. Okay. A gentleman and, and a scholar, a gentleman and a motherfucking scholar. So Rick, first is, even though these are our listeners, I'm how, are you? how are you? How are you? Uh, <laughs> how are you? Let's try that. I, I wanted to uh, go through the list of where this podcast could be found. Again, that way people know other options. We need to start putting that on the Twitter and uh, links. That way people can see. Cause people are always asking me, what's your podcast again? I need to find it. We need to start, we need to start, we were talking about this before, we need to start finding ways to promote more. Because so many people are like, oh my God, I found your podcast on accident. I'm like, bitch, I'm accident. It should be on purpose. So, <laughs> so go, Ricardo. Spin them out. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Spin it out, Rick. Say, say all the different places that are podcasts and where they can find it. Um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play iHeart, I think iHeartRadio. I think we might be too dirty for them. Um, shit. <laughs> it's so many. It's like 30 destinations. I can't list them all. But, you know, all the so popular, any, any, any listening device has our, has our podcast. If it doesn't, email us, contact us, let us know. But I, we're all, we're all set up on all of them. What, what would you say the biggest one is? Spotify and yeah, the, the biggest one is Spotify, Lipsyn, which is our hosting site, and let's see, let me go, let me pull up destinations. Give me a second. I'm going to just read this. Yeah, so it's on Ghana, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Lipsyn, Player.fm, Radio.com, Radio Public. Spotify, Tumblr, Web Player. I feel like I'm missing some, but we're on a lot of devices. Spotify, you, you know the usual, the big stuff. So now, Rick, now that we're doing this uh, via Zoom, so now people will be able to see us again. Oh, don't look at me now. I'm gonna look a little rough. <laughs> I'm not ready for my close up. But so now, are we going to be able to, because like, remember we used to have this live for Facebook and Instagram, we used to also have a live, what was that like we had live for? Um, we we used to do it for um, Periscope. Per so you're going to put this on Periscope after? Periscope is ending the end of this month. So it's going to have to be like Facebook Live or something. So you can, you're going to upload this after? Yes. That's what I care about. People see our faces and our facial expressions. So, for, listen, let's just fucking pop that pussy right away and get into it. Yes, it was me. And this, I swear to God, this is our last time talking about gay sex in the 70s. It is a documentary film. You can get it on Apple, <coughs> iTunes. It was fucking life-changing. If you are a homosexual, if you have ever had a penis in your mouth and you are a man, how dare you if you have not seen this fucking documentary? It was it, 
is old. I, I thought this was new. It's from 2005. Sadly, a lot of the cast who did it is dead now. But this fucking documentary, I, 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 I'm sorry. I have to showboat over Ricardo. I know you talked a little about it, but when I watched this fuck, I have never felt, I felt every expression of sexual freedom. I felt these gay men, and this is what I'm trying to say, this this correlates so much into every single episode of Late Night Cruising we talk about, because they, they covered everything. They covered how we as a community have lost our sexuality, we've lost our freedom. And when I say this, because they, they said this, uh, I, I loved Roger uh, McFarland. I'm, I'm probably fucking up his name, so you know I can't remember. He sadly passed away. He uh, he was just, and oh, uh, also Martin, uh, Martin Light, Light, Lightus, I loved him too. These are two characters who, they are men that, listen, there's still men like them. They're the Rick Easleys and the Brian Maselli's and the Pinks of today's society. But they were they were just talking about how they've seen the dramatic change of how, and even at the end, they did all this commentary asking all these these young, the youth of the gays, and how, and some of them actually said it. They said how like, people are, the gay community has become so stuck up and so slut-shaming. We're back then, and when I say back then, again, I always, I say my age, I'm not scared of it. I'm 36, Ricardo, what, you're, you're 43. Years older. You're, you're 43. We talk about because you and me caught the tail end of that. Because like, I, I, I always tell my stories about like, whenever we talk about cruising, we always say about how it was. When I remember, like, for example, like, when we talk about the meat rack, I talk about what the meat rack was the first time I went when I was a 19, 20 year old homosexual or glory holes. Around what, used to be where, around what year are you referring to? The cap that helps the audience know. Uh, when you say you was out there, like around what year was I, this? I want to say that the gay community's sexual freedoms really started going downhill, starting like in the like early two thousands. That's when it really just started dropping. Men were just not like I. Cause I'm, I'm, Which is when the ass came out. Yes, it really. No, yeah, half the apps. Because the apps came out in like the uh, I want to say grinder, and then it came out and then. Like, 99 or 2000. Like, I think it was, like, 98 or 99. No, I, I feel like Grinder came out in, like, it had to be two th- after 2003, 2004. Actually, I have my computer. I'll look it up right now. Uh, when did Grinder? <laughs> Go ahead, Nana. You saw it's why his grandmother. Oh, shit, bitch. Grinder Grinder was launched March 2009. So we, so oh, we Wow. So I was already in New York by then. Yes. I, I We always talk about this, too. Cause you know what, Rick? Like, honestly, when I watched that show, I'm like, my dream is to be Rick Easley be fucking doing a documentary like that one day. Because the thing is, the, what I liked about these men, and this is where I'm saying how we're stars, they're like us. And so many of our listeners have told me what they like about our show is that we are like these men with our fucking opinions. Like, and that, that, I'm telling you, when I watched this documentary, it was sidescaping, but side note. What I loved about it was it was the way that these men had their opinions. And it made me think about us. We do this podcast because we are, I don't give a flying fuck. And I'm going to say, that's why like, all these men, they told their stories and they were like, I did it and I didn't care. Because the thing is, I like I said, like I remember back in the day, again, Grinder and Scruff, is, I will say, it is not, Grinder and Scruff are not going 100% reason of the downfall of the gay community. No, I, I, like now, it, it, it can't, I, it's a little bit of, Social network, the 
online the cruising on apps and also the change the the need for gay marriage and equality and that that shift so the whole wanting to transition from the bar life to the home domestic life was the trend and so a lot of these areas these gay you know these gay ghettos were trend like they were like losing like their patrons because they were losing to the suburbs and moving out of state or different neighborhoods where they can raise a family and you know and they wouldn't they just wouldn't have it you know going out as much as uh, i cannot speak today i need some water you keep talking i'll be right back thank god oh rick's gone now the podcast will get saucy but what i was trying to say was though too is that with watching this this uh documentary it's not just the point of grinder and scruff that's not what brought the gay community down. The point is, it's also a point how gay men have lost that sexual freedom. They, they very much say that the reason why gay men got this whole promiscuous outlook and because we've been oppressed forever. So the thing is, when gay men, when this revolution came, that, you know, the police, even though the, you know, this is during Stonewall too, so the police were still coming. It was this point where like, you would, like they talked about the peers so much. They would just be thousands of men on the piers having sex. Or they were talking about like how, again, places like the Cock, the Eagle, how thousands of men would be there because the thing is, and that's why I get so mad about with the younger gay generations. It wasn't that they were whores. They fought so hard to be able to go there and do these things and be sexually free. They talk about Studio 54. They were saying about how Studio 54 is the point of the sexual freedom that we fought so hard to be able to. I'm sucking a guy's dick right here in front of people or, you know, um, and, and even when they were talking about the cruising aspect of it, like and fifty, men were so and Studio Fifty Four, I was saying Studio Fifty Four <laughs> was coincide, like actually going, it was happening at the same time. So not only were we going through a sexual revolution, straight people were going straight through it were, with yes. you know Studio Fifty Four and the sex. And one thing I thought was kind of it was funny about the peers was that uh, the the guys at Meatpacking. So people who don't know, the Meatpacking District is north of the peers. The, the peers of a lot of where the cruising was happening. So from their viewpoint, they could see down to the peers and these guys on them, these straight guys on lunch break were like watching guys, gay guys have sex. And he said some of them you would join in and, <laughs> and fuck, it was so it was that natural of like even though they weren't straight, they still enjoy the the they still enjoy pornography, live sex. Like and it kinda like goes with that whole like Men are very visual, and men do enjoy sex a lot more than women. Not say all, and not saying all this or that. Not in speak, um, but that just to witness it, like it's like watching, you know, a parade happen in front of you, and you're just watching sex, and that's your favorite pastime. You know, that's what you're but doing in your lunch break. The, the point of the excitement of like, and I say this because again, like we're going back to about our age. You know, like I always say. It's tail end of it the thing was it's not just about i'm not saying that everyone needs to be a slut and everyone needs to be a whore and everyone needs to be like sex freedom but it was an excitement because the thing is it was exciting like, i remember one of like, they when they kept on saying about how back in the day like it didn't matter what time it was like i remember because it was again, the tail end i would go to glory hole i remember i've had the most amazing orgasms of my life at two o'clock in the afternoon on a fucking Monday in New York City, because there would be hundreds of gay men at a goddamn work. There was a there was a Dimitri used to do it. Uh, he was a sex club. Um, oh, on, on, Le- on, on the east side, yes. On Lexington, he used to a workman's lunch party 
and it would be hundreds of men on. Again, it wasn't just you know like you you had a high end businessmen who were on their lunch breaks. Uh, you also had people like me who was an actor and a waiter, or people who you know worked in nightlife. So it was the things. It was excitement. Where now all these things are tarnished, ruined because the thing is, and this is what I want to just comment and piggyback with you what you said about the whole us trying to gay marriage thing. The thing is, this is what I'm trying to say is that. And I love it because the one man, Arnie, uh, I cannot pronounce that name. I'm so sorry, Arnie. Arnie Kanachwitz, whatever. I'm so sorry, Arnie. Arnie made this point last night when I was watching it, and he was saying the points that we as gay men, with the being oppressed, we are still a minority. And the thing is that because gay men can try to normalize, it's like, like, I don't, like, you know, that's why this downfall of sexual freedoms come up because they're trying to. We are not straight people. We are a minority. The thing is, it's not that we're promiscuous. I can't find a man in the grocery store necessarily because the thing is, especially right now, me living for the first time in very short lives, I'm trying to get to Port Lauderdale, gay USA, uh, not gay cities. Realistically, the majority of Orlando, for example, is straight. So the thing is, could yes, could I meet a homosexual man at the grocery store? But not most likely because the thing is, you're scared to cruise. And that's what I'm trying to say too. So when you was talking about New York City, because it was a gay city, it was gay men were more actively cruising, where the thing is, for example, in a gay USA, you're not going to actively cruise at a grocery store, because what are the odds that that gay man in the grocery store is a homosexual? So the thing is, in the city, that's where this revelation came out, was that it was more of a safer, because you would know right away, like, if I did something to cruise him, oh shit, no, he's straight. You know, so the thing is, but also what he was saying was about us being oppressed people, which I said that we, I, I, I never not said, I've always said gay men, we are still oppressed. I hate that. Some of you are like, oh, I love gay men. That's great, honey. We're listen. We're taking strides. We're in movies. We're in TV shows. You know, there there is a lot less homophobia. But at the same time, our gay bars and gay clubs are important because we are a minority. We need spaces and we need sit like you know, Maddie Glitterati. Shout out, one of my favorite DJs, of course. He was always me. He would always say it. We need our gay spaces because we still, even in New York City, even a gay city, we still are a minority. We need that space of safety of everyone here is queer or again, like, and I, we, you know, because he kind of, I'm not trying to pull them out because, you know, my fight with that was always about the whole point of there are certain gay spaces that should just be gay. I don't want a supporter there because, again, I'm going to say it. Like, you know, that's what I loved about the, all these men, I feel like all of them have, I have a piece of them inside of me because I've <laughs> never watched something in my life. All of these men, like, said verbatim things. I'm like, I, not only have I said that, but like, I just, every man, I was like, not one person was opposite. But the point was that we need that space where, I'm sorry, but there's times that, yes, I can't find, Tinder is a different thing, like, you know, Grinder and Scruff, because gay men have lost their sexual freedoms, we've talked about this, how Grinder and Scruff, and this is why I'm praying they are going on their way out, they're a waste, people don't go on there even have sex, but the thing is, we need to um, have that space where I'm just looking for dick, so, I don't want to see Sally, I don't want to see I um, think Frank's straight brother, and that's what all these men said in all these things, was it was so beautiful, wonderful to go to Fire Island where every single man was on the way to an orgy. Yeah. Every single... I like how they said any, uh, every quarter on Fire Island was um, was a bathhouse. And how... Yes. And how you would end up, it was fine. It was nobody, it, you know, you do your thing, you see your friend, you have sex, you, you know, you meet up with them later on. He, uh, They said, one guy said he, he 
put his jacket on his car, turn back, turn around, and his uh, his friend was gone, and he had went and hooked yeah, up with somebody. Yep. In the alleyway. And but, the thing is, but what I want to um, the whole app thing, I think the trend now is people don't have. There's no gay forum where people can just gay and and be and hang out socially online. So they turn their conversation into the apps to grinder. So you're looking for sex. Oh, but you're a man. I want attention. I don't want to have sex, but I do want to have that conversation. So I think now, since we don't have like gay forums and gay chat rooms per se, where they can just be all color. Cause see with Facebook, you have more information and more, um, you're, you have more, there's more risk of you getting reported and blocked and anything like that. As opposed to with a grinder app, you can say something, you can have a comment, you can say something, be off color, screenshot it, and block somebody and move on and have no penalty against you for it. You know, so it's a it's a lot more. It's become a way of engaging with people and taking your frustration and anger or whatever emotion you're having and putting your you know without you know without the repercussions of getting reported. Or revealing your identity because it's like you're less likely to say anything rotten or nasty to somebody if they have your information they know where you live they know what city you from like anything they can report you or they can screenshot you or report you you know later on even if you block them kind of thing so I feel like I'm also but it was also the point of in talking about the social aspect of like for example the one man said he found his husband in the bathroom. Men used to be more, and I've noticed this, I will say this, in the free sex, like again, the tail end of like, you know, gay men being free, it was it was more common to meet a man, I, I've met many men in like uh, meat rack, you know, in Fire Island, or, you know, uh, when I used to go to like these glory holes where guys would be like, hey, here's my number, let's actually hang out later. You know, where now when you go to these, when you find the pigs, I call it, they're not like that because it's so almost like taboo. But that what they were saying, what I was saying was the meat rack. Uh, how they used to say, like, you know, every corner uh, was a glory hole kind of aspect. The thing was, it wasn't just that freedom of it. It was a point of non-judgment, but it also it was the point of how. Well, here's the uh, thing. Well, I think too, like you had a um, you had to think of it this way. You had no other outlet. There was no phone or or no internet service that can take you out of that element or make you feel like it's okay if I behave this way because I still have this option. When you have that as your only option, you you handle it a lot differently than you normally would if you had other options. So people handle it more with care. Well, people handle it more with care because if you behave or act this, you know, act up in a bad manner, that can get you um, ousted from that group. Which is the and if it's the only group you have, that's gonna that's gonna mess up your social your social um, your social settings and your social environment. So I, I, you lost me. I don't know what I don't. Okay, so if I okay okay I can okay I have my phone. I'm going to a bar. If I'm not engaging, I can tune out the whole bar and be on my phone all night inside the bar. You feel me? Whereas yes. if you don't have a phone, you have to you have to be consciously aware of your surroundings and you have to act a certain way because if you misbehave, you get kicked out. You know what I'm saying? So whereas 
I can, okay, I can say something nasty or whatever. You know, I can go on my phone. Oh, I just go to my phone. I don't even know these people. And you could diss yourself. You could, you know, say some remark and then whatever. But when you... I'm not, I, I disagree. I'm not blaming this on the phones. No, no, it's, but it's, 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 as far as options, like, when you do, when that's your only option, you'll handle it more with care because if you don't and you're, you get ostracized, it's a big deal because you have no other outlet to engage and meet other people. So when they have that as their only option, they, they conduct themselves a lot different than somebody who, oh, I can go here, I can go there, it doesn't matter. You know, they don't have that luxury if that's your only outlet. actually made you you were able to actually be more or less social for example there are more men and i'm not just talking about the 70s i'm talking about even like for example there are so many men for example that have had sex with each other who if they were on the apps they probably wouldn't have because again when you were cruising like when you were in fire island it wasn't a hey hey how are you how are you what are you like it was you're hot i'm hot we're gonna fuck i'm gonna start sucking your dick right against this tree where these apps and the phone and that whole aspect, it makes it too drawn out. Where men are like, ooh, you just said something that offended me. You know, like, that's the thing too with the whole looking on the phone. But the thing is, it's not even bad because when I and you were in those situations, that tail end in the early 2000s, we had phones in the 2000s. But men were more free. Like, for example, I remember I, I had a fucking iPhone on Fire Island when, like, you know, the last, you know, at the end. Men weren't like that because the thing is, there was, like, the friend aspect you said. I remember when me and my friends would literally be in situations where we would be in the same gangbang together. We were, were open to because we were like, there's a hundred men right here. I'm sorry, girl. I'm definitely dropping my pants. I don't care that you're there. Where now gay men are a little bit different off uh, task than that. Okay. Also is, um, what I meant was like the phone aspect. The thing is, I feel that it's, it's, it still comes down to I'm not blaming the phones and Grindr and Scruff 100%. I'm blaming uh, it, for me it's for me it's not it's not about blaming them it's about people's behavior and that's why yes. I want to like make sure I distinguish that I feel like people's behavior yes. is kind of like if you know that if you do something wrong in this environment you're blacklisted you never can come back you're going to act differently as, as so that you can misbehave get kicked out and come back the next day and nothing happened there's no repercussions you so, so you're, I feel like it's a social behavior that people are not respecting the spaces that we have. Yes. Because... And I think the people, I think the apps and the apps and the phones, like you're, it's not as that we've all said this, it made people less, more antisocial, but the thing is, this is what I'm trying to say, it also made people, it was, when I say that they made people less antisocial, the thing is, you were able to be antisocial in these settings, because when, they, when you had a hundred men all having sex, you didn't have to actually be as friendly. You could be shy. Like there was a one, I can't remember which one. Like one of the men, uh, I think it was actually Roger. Uh, I can't remember. One of them said he was very shy. He just had a humongous cock. Um, he would be able to go there and just be like, I see 100 men having sex. I'm going to take out my big dick. We're going to go for this. Where he would have struggled on the apps. Because the apps actually, even though you're behind a phone, it's forcing you to have to be like, hi, how are you? Let's talk. And I'm one of those people. I have, I have always said this, I have more success in settings like cruising. Like when I used to go, I used to always say, I'll go on Grindr and Scruff for hours and I can't find one man to play with me. I go to the fucking Eagle and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I got three fucking dicks in my mouth. Because the thing <laughs> is, for me, I'm someone, this is the old school in me, where I'm like these men. I'm more eye contact, we see each other, you're hot, I'm hot, I'm going to blow you. And I know this because I've said this before on these podcasts. 
There are so many men who I have played with who have blocked me and been nasty to me on Scruff and Grinder. When we see each other in real life, and I, and I, no, I, I, I shouldn't even tell this five-second story, a man on Fire Island, we have had all-out fights on Scruff. I blocked him again and again. Whenever I see him live in real life, we have this 1970s love affair where we are star-crossed lovers, and we cannot stop, and we are like on top of each other, and then he ruins it. But the point of the story is we've <laughs> never met in real life from the apps. I've met him now uh, up to, I, I'm not joking, I, I met him once one of, right before the apocalypse. It was last year, I remember I saw him at a, one of the bear parties. And even though I hate him, we fought, he could not, and I'm gonna say it too, I could not either, we could not not lock eyes. And this is in fucking 2019. We were like, even though we fought, I'm like, fuck you, you piece of shit. Cause I always try to like, bro, let's meet up. But when I see him and live and in person, and this relates to all of this, this is the life of these game, and I felt this, this is the life that all these men in the 70s, us before 2000, you know, nine-ish, ten-ish, lived. This man, even with the fights we've had, bitch, our, our fucking mouths were locked within ten minutes of each other. Because live, it's like, oh, I don't care that we just fought and I blocked you for the 15th time. <laughs> when you see them live, that, this is what's so sad about it, and that's what when, when these men were showing the pictures, oh, God, because I, I felt it because even though I didn't have what they had, we, you and I, our age, the men who were in their... I want to say men who are in their, like, 35 to 45 range, excuse me, 35 and over, we still had that, like, when I saw those pictures, I'm like, oh, my God, I, start, I thought about at least 15 times of my younger days when, like, we were those homosexuals on the street with so many gay men, like, I remember my first time going to fucking Folsom East, even Folsom East, how you should, oh, my God, the sex I had my first time going to fucking Folsom East. Or even the Black Party. We talked about the Black Party many times. We talked about Saints at Large. I, I, and I, I badmouth the Black Party. It's not the Black Party. I'm badmouthing the gay community. I remember my first Black Party. I came 11 times. I could not, I, I counted because at one point I'm like, I thought I was going to die. I'm like, I cannot believe semen is still extracting out of my urethra. Because the sex that was, it wasn't just the sex. I remember my first time walking in, it was so like this movie, and I thought about the black party so much because when they were telling the story. Let's talk pictures. about let's talk about your first black party. Like kinda like uh, yeah, I don't so think I, I, I don't think I know which one is your first one. So I I have to honestly look to tell you the exact year. I'm trying to think of my age. I, I remember I had to what was I? At my first black party, I actually went late because again I used to be uh at all and I was always like traveling and I, I used to live a life where I, I wasn't a part of the gay community other than just cruising for sex quick, you know, because I was living at four auditions at o'clock in the morning. But I just had gotten my surgery when I had my loose skin removed. And I was like, I was just, I was ready. I had to be like 26. So this, I, it, I had to be, yeah, I had to be 26. So this is, we're going back now 10 years. So it was 10, 10 or 11 or, or 12 years. I, again, I really have to like think about it, like look on Facebook and find the pictures. When I walked in there, oh and this is a, And this is at Roseland Ballroom, which... Was in New York City, which is it was, it was south of Studio Fifty Four and the David Letterman show on Broadway. So like, so it's like in the middle of Theater District, and there's still like because it starts around like ten. So there's like a lot of Broadway shows that are wrapping up and they're like getting they're like exiting out, and then you come and you see this huge line of gay men lined up up and down the block. Waiting to get into all the black party. 
all over the world. Like it was not just New York. Yeah. And what's so sad is just before we go into my story about because again, this is why we do this. Um, with these men, my biggest thing watching them, and I literally cried during this documentary. Like you know, because I felt, I felt. I've always said this. Me growing up, when I used to mix, I've always loved older men. Even now, like I, like my friends laugh because right now I'm 36. Baby, you give me a man in his 50s, like late 50s. I'm like, Daddy, please now. I've yeah. always, as I get older, I like older. But these men that I, I remember when I was first young and I was going to this place, I remember men constantly looking at me and telling me the stories of, oh, you don't understand how better it used to be. And sadly, I am that man now. Because as I get older, I and again, it gets worse and worse every year because every year the gay community gets more shunning of their sexual freedoms that I am more and more like these men. So it's like, it's so funny because I related with these men. So I'm like, even though I have not seen the things they've seen as much as I was listening to every word and looking at the pictures, I am them because when I'm about to tell the story of my black party, so sadly, gay men, there are so many gay men who don't understand what I'm about to say. So like you said, Rick, I 100% agree with you um, with the line. And again, I'm, I'm trying to, I, I, I'm trying to tell the story, but I have to compare it. The difference of like we, you know, because I bashed the gay, the black party so many times. My last black party was what, like two or three years ago, because I was like, I'm done. And I noticed it right away. The difference in the line. The line. I want to talk about the line because you, I, you just. Okay, I feel like I feel like you went to the wrong year because you went to one that was back in the city, and that one, in in defense of black party. It was a last minute. They lost the venue at the last minute. So what you normally would have received at a black party, it was it was last minute. Like the venue lost like within a couple of days of the actual event. So they had a they like it almost got canceled completely. So it was done last minute, and that's the one I didn't attend. But like the one they had in the Bronx, oh my God! Like it it brought back memories of the first one I went because I went the first year. I want to say 2011, because I was just in my, I just had moved to my apartment, 2011, 2010, and um, the theme was, um, it was um, very, it was androgynous, that's what it was, it was like men's and heels and, le and, and garter and leather and fetish, and it was, my, like, I didn't think, I, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect, so this is my first black party, I didn't know what to expect. But what I will tell you, I was so turned off with men and these ripped men and these tights and garter belts and high heels and and courses. It was it was crazy. Like you think just that concert, you would think, oh no, like. But it was so hot. They had the that's I think they had the aerial performance of uh, because you know it was a it was a ballroom. So like they had the aerial performance of guys fucking in the air and you know you got these muscle guys. Like it wasn't the thing is it wasn't. It was very androgynous, more to the masculine side. So these guys were like, it was like, oh. I, I feel, I, I, I feel that, you know, what, we, here, before we start talking about what the black party is more now, we should really get out your first and my first, first okay. time. Okay, okay. Differences. Sorry, I got caught up. <laughs> no, because no, already I want to not fight with you. I want to, I have opinions about that. But the thing is, what, what I'm saying is, what I hate, too, is this is our community also failing and dying. The whole point of the Black Party's excitement, just like the 70s, was, like, when they talked about all this cruising, it was right there in plain sight. Like, it was right there. So the thing is, you have to realize, too, I'm going to say this, you know, just last thing about that. The tourists, I, I know for a fact, 
the whole point was the Black Party was right there in Midtown. So not only did you get all the New Yorkers and the bridge and tunnel, but you got so many tourists from all over the world and all over the country where I'm going to say it a lot because I've talked to them. There's a lot of men who are like, oh, I'm not going to book a trip to the Black Party in New York City this year. I, I, I don't feel comfortable going to Harlem or Brooklyn. There was too much for them. So the thing is that right there alone, you're losing a big part of that excitement. So just trying to be fast here, because, and again, I don't care if we talk about the Black Party for the rest of this uh, podcast, because the Black Party, from what I'm about to tell the story, it so relates to the gay sex in the 70s. I felt that feeling. So my first Black Party, you're on this line, like Rick said, and it is this feeling of not only brotherhood, like Dave was saying too, but you're it on is. line with men everywhere. Like that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the best when you brother when you say a brotherhood. That's like the best way to summarize it. Cause like, if we didn't have sex, it'd be a fraternity. But it was that brotherhood. It was a brotherhood. And I would say like, even though you didn't go to the ones in the other boroughs, you still had that. I'm from here. I'm from here. I still there were still guys from all over the world still coming in town for that, and but they did a really good much. job. But I mean, what? I the, will say it. But but I think once they found once. But it was like always like they kept it fresh by moving different locations. But the thing, the overall thing was, I know this, there's going to be people who, who they're not going to go unless somebody else gives it that, that still approval. And when I tell you, it, the, the approval was still like this last one in 2019 was epic. It was like, it was great. What they did with that I thought, space. I thought, I, thought, I thought we said we were going to talk about our first time experience then compare them to the, what it is now. I'm just sorry. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going, I'm just basically, I'm just going based off what you, I'm just going based off what you just said. So, go ahead. So, the, the point is, and again, this is where we're both correlating to our first times. I, the line, I, right now I'm pretending like I'm talking about, and I feel you should do the same. We're talking about our first, the, the Roseland Black parties before we even compare them. But that line, it was men from literally, as you're standing, you heard men speaking different languages. You hear men who you know for a fact are not from New York. Everyone is excited. Everyone is free. Men were, I, I remember- It was like pride. It was like pride. Throwing his boyfriend on the line, in the cold, because it's in March, with jackets on. He literally had a heart on his boyfriend, was like sucking his dick or whatever it was. Like, there was a sexual freedom. I could not count the seconds before I got in. The second you got in, got to that closure. Like, and I'm, I, this is, like, just the excitement. When I was watching, I thought about the Black Party. When the I, they were the sound of the, 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 when you hear that bass and that thumping sound of the music, it just, but it the just. the men were just so open. It the just. The men on that line, every man on that line was like, we're all going to fuck in front of each other. All of us are going to see everything. There's something, it was just. And then after when you do that close check, and now like everyone is in their harness, jock straps, like, and and it's right away. It's like I'm gonna say this. I do remember this. I didn't. It wasn't the drugs. I, I walked in like you again. You see the famous men literally fucking above you coming into the crowd. Like semen is coming from about a good twenty to thirty feet high and flying all over everyone. And. You can't even stop looking because the lights are low, but the lights are bright because people want to be seen. And when you went up to the, the uh, what do they call that? I'm doing the thing. Uh, see my hand? What are they called? The the, um, bal- the um, balcony? The balconies. The ba- all the different balconies. Oh, my God. Every balcony. I remember the balconies. You know, before I, I really tried, I, I used to, like, first, 
we're, I'm just going to do a walk around. I was with uh, two of my friends. I'm like, let's do a walk around together to see what this is. You know, and we did our walk around and it was so, again, and this is what makes me so sad. This doc, all the pictures that were shown and clips of this documentary of like live men who, I don't know how they videotaped this, all the stuff, but they were showing the pictures. It was just like that. Like, you're on the balcony with seats and you just see men literally crawling over the seats to suck a dick and, you know, fucking someone. And then you go into these back rooms and every crevice, and that's what I, I felt it, because I'm like, oh my God, I've lived that. I'm so glad and honored that I can die knowing that I had somewhat of a level of what these men were talking about. Every room was a different theme. I remember a clown room. It was a room that was literally yeah, like a dirty circuit. There was a dirty circus. Yeah. Um, they had the Tokyo Tokyo Underground. They had um, the the Forbidden City, the Forbidden Paradise with the it was like Egyptian. It was like it was like an Indian Egyptian. Like oh my god! Like like I would say like it was like just west it, like southeast Southwest Asia. They were very extra. When I say extra, you didn't really pay attention to them as much. Because the thing was, the things happening in that room what? were so much more. It wasn't just the sexual freedom, is what I'm saying, or the sex. It was the. I'm not they transformed. The I was walking around. They transformed the whole space. They. What well, the thing is that makes the people that talk about the black parties is different from other parties. Is they don't just put a stage, have a DJ, have dancers, and that's it. They transformed the whole. The theme. The whole space is the theme. So it's like you transform to another world. So that's why they have props and dancers and, and live performers. So even if you're not into sexual, if you just want to experience it for yourself, you can do that. You can go on a dance floor. You can dance. Or you can just sit and watch and watch the performers live on stage performing strange acts. Um, and they, it was it was an experience. Like you, you really had, like they really created a theme and an environment. And it was so much. I interrupt you. I want to say this though. With our, our, I don't want to focus on the black party as much as the environment of the community. That, that's what, I, what I'm trying to really relate more is the, with my statement when I was talking about the black party. It's not about the black party. But I want to. It's, it's more about, to me, and this is my opinion, opinions like asses, we all have one. My first black party in correlation to the way that our community used to be. It's not about the black party I'm focused on. It's a point of the gay men that attended and how they used to be and the freedom. I want to. I want to. Okay, in that in that aspect, I feel like me party was the ch- changing point of bringing that back in a more um, monthly occurrence, a frequent occurrence. Because before that, it was all just dance clubs. This DJ and like stage four, 48 and that was it. Like you had your industry, you had this bar, you had that. You really didn't have it, that sexual energy. When Meat Party came back, because there was trade. There was trade. It had the same thing as other places. But when Meat Party started hosting at BB King's and having that playroom, trade turned into rough trade and they started having a dark room. And then... Um, I feel like more and more parties were like doing like local and then you know of course we came out and then you saw this theme of people wanting that experience because word of mouth got around even though a lot of things weren't promoted word of mouth got around that these these were happening in these parties our tuesday night come on brian talk about your two our tuesday how tuesday night started like talk about how it changed but the thing is but, but that's but that's i'm talking about right now the year uh, i need to look up the year 
that thing is everything you're just you're speeding ahead. I, I'm trying for us to focus on for our listeners to understand. Like we have so many listeners that are younger, listeners our age to understand. I'm talking about forget about Tuesday night's party that happened in 2000 and whatever. I'm talking about 18. this had to be. I'm talking about 2006 or 2007, like when I was 26. Like I, I'm talking about the vibe of gay men's freedoms with the 70s movie because that's what inspired me with this documentary was the point is again it's not i'm not really talking about the parties i'm talking about gay men what i say by gay men is like for example my my talking about my first black party experience is not my first black party experience it's really what the gay community and culture and sexual freedoms used to be because when i walked around that black party and i were gonna end up i'm gonna end you know this is my last statement about it it wasn't just that I came so many times, it was that why I came so many times. Men were different. You were walking through a hall, and men are already erect, hard, and naked, and looking at you. I remember I had this beautiful fetish play with this man with a pierced cock. And again, I've never seen a pierced cock. You know, I, I this man looks all. Uh, this is after I lost my 150 pounds. This man, I'll never forget this. It was that very. I, I felt all this watching the 70s documentary. He looked at me, locked eyes, and he said, "Well, boy, you're gonna suck it or not." I saw five seconds. <laughs> I, the, thing is, the, the orgasm, it wasn't just the point of the sex. It was the point of the freedom of this man. It wasn't me. I'm putting I'm not putting myself down. It was the point of really whoever locked eyes with him first he kinda was into was gonna I, then I had these men who stripped me naked and, and vice versa, I stripped another man naked. It was a sexual that everyone is it's not that we were pigs or animals. It was that we were so like open to what's in this room. What can happen? I, and I'm gonna say, even men. I had, I remember this. I always remember this. I had a man who I thought was attractive who wasn't into me. And even in the black part of sex, sex, he looked at me. He was like, "Oh, thanks, man, but like, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm good." And I remember even being young, I wasn't rejected because I'm like, "Oh, I'm like it was so quick." And like, like, "Oh," then, but also, it was within seconds, there was another cock literally going towards my mouth, and I was getting a blowjob. So my whole point of it is, I think I, it was my fault. I went a little off. I'm not comparing, I'm not discrediting the black party. I'm discrediting our people. And when I say our people, is that the, the I don't, that, I mean, we, that I've seen, like, you know, guys. Like I, I don't want to cap them out. I don't want to, I feel like, yes, I feel like some of them may have went in like that, but I feel like these experiences is, will change them. And I feel like we're going to cultivate, I feel like we're cultivating men who initially, like I said, who I was before I moved to New York is not the same person who I've become. So it took that me going, experiencing, and and freeing myself because I didn't even know I was restrained or I was being held uh, holding myself back. So it became part well, of this. It's so. So, but so I so I don't want to I don't want to say that it's the generation is lost because I feel like just as much as we became into ourselves, I feel like they're going to eventually come into themselves. It might take a time. I, I, it, I think it takes a time. But, like, I feel like everybody has their way and people feel like... Because I'm going to tell you this. Media and other outlets, the news, digital, video, tell you to be this way. And then when you're actually put into those environments you you change like i say who i am now is nothing like it, the best way to give you um example i felt like when i moved to new york i was carrie bradshaw living in new york i became samantha jones that's the best way to like that's the you were never carrie bradshaw you don't know me before then <laughs> sir <laughs> you always 
So, but but you don't. But that's the best way to that's the best way to give you that example because I wasn't really sexual active then. It wasn't until I moved here to New York and was like, "We'll try this out. We'll try that out." And that's when it was like. That's when it was like. Is exactly what they said in this documentary. With I think two of the men said this. It, the the wall. Oh, it was again my favorite, Roger. Roger was from like a whole bunk town, nowhere. You know, I'm pretty. Yes, it was Roger. And he was saying, and that's where I'm agreeing with you. So many of these men were saying like they come from places that like there was no homosexuals. There, but you know, again, I know it's a different time. But they were saying that exact, which I, I am agreeing with you because like, especially now that I'm living in like gay USA versus gay city. Like if I lived my entire life in this horrible town of Orlando and I moved to New York City, yes, there is that feeling of oh my god, they, there's an actual place where there's they they have a glory hole. Yes, it's not that though. The thing is, it's still the difference of. Even you and me catching the tail end, there's not that freedom anymore. So the thing is, your Carrie Bradshaw is still going to be alive for the it now. So you, like, let's say, Rick, you were born like 10 years later and you're moving out. You'd probably still be Carrie Bradshaw because the way that our community has changed, there isn't that sexual freedoms as they used to be. And even back then, I'm saying this too, it wasn't that everyone was a hoe because I cannot remember which one he was. I don't see his picture. But one of the characters, I think he's a photographer, very attractive. He was, again, he was a little cunty. He, you could tell he's a very Chelsea muscle boy. And every time they would talk about cruising, he'd be like, oh, no, no, I'm too, I was too scared of, of the, oh, they were talking about how they used to have sex in the actual abandoned trucks. He's like, oh, no, I was too scared to go in there. Oh, no, I was scared. Like, he, but the thing is, he wasn't scared like a child. He was being Hell's Kitchen Chelsea cunty. Like, oh, no, I'm too good for that. Like, you know, again, no offense to you, sir, because trust me, he did say how he was a pig and he did things. But he was almost... I feel like it's always going to. I feel like it's always going to be that because you never know how society influences people. Be, there's always going to be those men. That's what I'm trying to say. There's always. I'm not saying that when I discredit the gay community that will become. There's always going to be even in the 70s. He was clearly that man who was like. I'll go to orgies, but I'd rather the personal six of us or ten of us in my apartment that we've all pre-screened. So I'm saying that, but what I'm trying to say with the sexual freedoms, like you were saying, was that, yes, as much as we live in a gay city, there's more than what you're accustomed to. The thing is, there's still so less of freedoms because so many gay men now have the audacity of not only slut-shaming, but not being free. And that's what I was saying with the whole my black party experience, my first one, it's not the black party. The black party, I, I, I will always love the black party The people will throw it. It's not them I'm discrediting ever. It's how our community has changed and the feel how they... the difference of, of that freedom and that difference. I remember like you said, watching, the, there was, I remember, I think I was there for an hour. No sex, like just in awe and not even arousal. Watching the shows and seeing that, again, like you said, that brotherhood of all these men, yes, dancing, but not heavily on drugs. Like, but watching this man get fisted and the excitement of the exhibitionistness of, and it wasn't staged, like, he was really excited. Where, again, again, not the black parties, well, when I've gone to later black parties and seen these exact same shows, it was like they said about porn, it was fake. Like, I, I, again, I love that because I remember you told me about that, like, porn. When they talked about how the difference of porn used to be, and they showed clips, oh my God, I felt like I was there because it was more real. And it was more, and they said it too, it wasn't hot, hot, because you could literally have more of a hotter time in that porno just going down the block in the East Village to one of their bathhouses. You know, and, and it, again, it was that point we always talk about. As much as we're saying this for the gay community, and I'm going to shut up, the point is, the fact of the matter is, 
I've gone to the bathhouse and still had a great time, but there's less pigs there. Even the bathhouse, even in New York City, yes, when I went there on a Thursday fucking for men's time from 8 a.m. to 2, don't get me wrong. I know it's New York City, and there's about, I want to say maybe 100. I know that nowhere else in the country is there that, like, other than Gay City. But the thing is, like, they were showing the bathhouses should be 24 hours. It would be packed at all times. That's what I mean by that difference. Well, I, where your well, I think... Wouldn't have come out, wouldn't have come out now because back then you would have walked into that bathhouse and seen hundreds and hundreds. Where now it would be hard to get your Carrie Bradshaw gone because it's only fifty to sixty pigs. The reason I, I think and with COVID, okay. So and and just to wrap that up, and I want to talk about this next time. I think COVID is. I think we're going to see a shift once we get back because it was one of those things that we took a lot of things for granted, and I feel like. Like the best and like um, West Side Club, East Side Club. I think they're, they're going to see a surge in attendance because now those are the places that we took for granted that we no longer available. That now it's like we should embrace these things and celebrate it because these are the spaces that we can use and have now as opposed to just That's being right. on the app. And think about it. We're constantly on our phone for work. We're constantly on our phone for, I mean, on our screen for, you know, to communicate, to chat, or whatever you know, whatever it is, people are going to people are going to miss being in person. So I think when once we all get vaccinated, I think you're going to see a lot of less people want to just hide behind the screen and be on their apps. It's going to, you know, what I want for my phone. I want to see you in person. I want to give you a hug. I want to talk to you. you. Know, I want to exchange. I, I do pray for that, but one thing I want to just piggyback because I'm not going to lie. We're probably going to talk. Sorry, viewers. We're probably. Gonna, this, this fucking documentary, again, Gay Sex in the 70s, uh, you can get it on Apple, um, on iTunes. It is just, it, especially if you are in any way in your 30s and above, it was just, I want to say like 35, you know, my age range. It was just, like, even when the bathhouse, you were saying that, that aspect of the West Side East Side Club, they showed the videos of what the bathhouses used to be like in the 70s. And, like, we're talking real pools, real sauna steams. You wanted to be there. We're now, we talked about this girl, like going to the bathhouses, like, you know, I would still go, oh my God, like you, you were bluntly there just to, to have sex. Like there is no pools, the hot tub, you're scared to go in, it's dirty, it's disgusting. There's a little shit on the middle of the steam room or sauna, it's broken. And I will also give Orlando a compliment. I haven't been in a while because listen girl, time's tough money and also it is a pandemic. But the gay sex club, the bathhouse here, Club Don't, Orlando, is more like that seventies. What pools? What about um? Is is Clubhouse too? Is that in Orlando or is that Tampa? Uh, I think that's in Tampa because in in Florida, in Orlando, I, I just heard about this Clubhouse you speak of. Uh, in Orlando, there's Club Orlando, but the thing is, they maintain it, and that's where I'm agreeing with you. They maintain so. <laughs> horrible and change and there's not as many people as there used to be which saddens my heart because when I walked into Club Orlando I went there a film one day here since I moved here and I said it I'm like I know it's a pandemic but it is so beautiful the way that this facility is so clean and so it's so sad to me that there are not hundreds of men here I know it's a pandemic and that's why as well but I know that because of our community has changed I talked about this Hanks I always give Hanks a shout out it breaks my heart to see Hanks, which is basically the cock of Orlando. And I know it's a pandemic, but still, when I see that there's 30 men there, I'm like, there should be hundreds of men here. Be, that's what I'm trying to say, that 
you know, I feel like I feel like you should. I feel like you gotta bring that Maselli magic to to Orlando. I'm gonna say if they don't want me, and I, I'm not doing this. You know, if you're in Orlando, shout out, come to me. If I, they, you know, what, and I'm gonna say this too. It's not just they don't want me, but I said this to you before personally in our personal conversations. My struggle right now with trying to reinvent myself in a new city and a pandemic is it's hard to give that Maselli magic when there's still a pandemic. So the thing is, I can walk into these gay bars like in Orlando gun blazing, but like Hanks, who I respect so heavily, they told me, like, listen, we're making half the money we used to make. Any kind of position we had for you, we don't have because we're working it. But also, is he wanted to hire me just to promote a party. He goes, how do I, even, even now, and I'm talking right now in March, I just was there recently. He goes, how are we going to hire you? To, he's, he said it like, because he wants me to, is how do we promote a jockstrap party during a pandemic without being judged without people also it's like you know it's true it's like as much as florida is one of the state like texas that's like you know full open like go out people are still like judging you like oh like i'm i'm I'm, and i'm listen i saw flyer on instagram march uh what is today's night march 12 big big fucking party you know big like you know jockstrap party or big underwear party I'd read them for filth in my mind and be like, ooh, I'm not going to that. Because you think those are all the men who don't care. So I'm trying, and I'm agreeing with you with this too, Rick. I'm, I'm, I think that after, and I, when I say agree with you, I'm praying. I feel that after this pandemic, what I would like to see is for the East Side Club and West Side Club, I just want to go back to them. I'm praying that they do go back to their glory. Because I feel like the reason why they went downhill was because men stopped going. Men weren't going Well, I, I, I feel like they did. I feel Also, I feel like they didn't adapt to modern technology and really embrace new talent have promote special nights like you see steamworks and you see flex spa and they really promote and and give you something exciting to see and do on their website and you don't see that here so i don't know maybe that maybe that's something we can do in the future but um we should wrap this up we should wrap this up because we almost Well, I need a I need a restroom break. That's why I'm trying to like wrap this up. So, <laughs> a restroom break. I'm trying to be classy. I waste a right. meeting. Yeah. Okay. Well, hold hold on hold on really quick. I, I'll make this very quick. What I'm trying to say is that what you just said was, and this is what again is sad about our not the gay community, our world, the technology, is that back in the day, it's true, it was word of mouth, and there was no need to promote these things you just knew to go to Steamworks, you just knew to go to East Side or West Side Club. So I'm giving them a credit for this. It is hard to promote in the world that we live in an establishment that even in 2020 is technically illegal to promote a sex club and a sex party. Because they, 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 there's so many flagging that happens and that's where it kind of sucks. And I wish the gay men would go back to the word of mouth and as much as my last statement, as much as I Again, people give me this pat on the back nonstop, and I give myself it how I promoted the cock and brought the cock. Nisham, rest in peace, you say, like, you really brought so much back to life with the cock. It was really more my promoting help get more men there, but the word of mouth is really what started again. Because men, again, when we started having 300 men on Tuesday, it wasn't because those men all saw the fucking flyers on Instagram or Facebook. It was because, like, men are still emailing me and texting me on Instagram. <laughs> My friend told me about that Tuesday night party. <laughs> they, even us. Do you remember that one time we were in the sauna, Rick? at New York Sports Club. I'm sorry. And there was a, whatever, it doesn't matter. There was sex happening. And right away, a man, you we were talking, this 
man's, I remember, as I think he was blowing you, he stopped to be like, I've heard about this Tuesday night party from my friend. But that's the thing is, that's what really gets people, this was, I remember it, you were getting a blowjob. Anyway, the point of the story is, <laughs> that's what really made, even back then and even now with technology, it's not 100% the technology and the new promoting, it's that still, it was the word of mouth of, oh girl, I went to this party last night. Have you ever been to the cock? Jesus fucking. That's what I'm trying to say. And the things I think that's, like even Steamworks that does a fantastic job promoting, because I fucking see their Steamworks stuff, and I've never lived in Chicago. It's still, it's the word of mouth that gets you to want to go there. Okay. But anyway, I know. We'll end up, so I know you have to go uh, tinkle and what all the fun things. But um, I really hope that our listeners start really giving us comments. And when I say comments, I mean... Uh, things to talk with them about. I love to do messages, and um, yeah, I just I, I think again. My last thing is, if you have not seen it, Gay Sex in the Seventies. I'm gonna try to even promote this myself. This movie is a very big impact for any man who considers himself a homosexual, and I feel that even the new age ones need to realize they need to open up, and that's what this movie will give you. So I'm Brian on the score, Thick Bear signing out. Go watch me do weird shit in my foreskin on OnlyFans. And if you're looking to bottom, Rick Easley on late night cruising <laughs> everywhere. I never needed to promote myself because I already got you for it. So you can also check us out on tribe.com. That's T-R-V-B-E. Also check out our merchandise at topsubverse.com. That's T-O-P-S-U-B-V-E-R-S. Again, thank you for listening and we look forward to seeing you next week. Talk to you later. Bye.